Welcome. My name is Tracy Stevens, and this is the Healing Point Podcast. So, welcome. What is it you'd like to explore today? So, the issue that I've been having for the past five years, it started when we moved to a new house. We moved to this new city. We moved to a new house. And yeah, within weeks of moving in, I started to develop a lot of discomfort in my vulva region, actually. I couldn't understand what it was. You know, I just thought maybe it's just some sort of allergy. It's going to pass, but it didn't. I went and saw my gynecologist. I saw dermatologist, um, but no one really had. No one saw anything abnormal or anything that pointed to any sort of disease or anything. So... I was kind of left to figure it out for myself. And I kind of self-diagnosed myself as having something called vulvodynia. And um, it is surprisingly common. I think about 15% of women have it. Yes. And uh, it was very intense. I would have this intense pain and, you know, sort of this itching, stinging sensation, you know, in a very fragile region. So it was very uncomfortable to, to deal with. But I started to look into diet to try to resolve the issue, removed a lot of the top allergens like wheat and dairy and you know corn, soy, all of that. And I saw improvements, but it wasn't enough. It was still something that would come on and off like every other day or so. And it would be, um, it would last a couple of hours, this pain. And then uh, I discovered something called medical medium information. I started incorporating a lot of his, um, you know, his uh, remedies. And I, I saw good improvements with that. I worked with a practitioner and that really helped me. Yeah, until it came down to the point of just coming, you know, once a week or something like that. But it's still something that I'm kind of living with even after five years. It's something that's there. It's 90% better, but it still comes on whenever um, I'm stressed or when I'm, um, you know, physically stressed because of uh, uh, a flu or, you know, um, or when it's closer to my period uh, or ovulation time, you know, that's when your immunity drip, uh, drops and I kind of notice this kind of comes up. Okay. But it just feels like there could be an emotional component to all of this. You know, my family is convinced of that. They think it's it's stress or something like that that's bringing it on, especially since it hasn't been corroborated by a medical professional. It's something that <laughs> I've kind of self-diagnosed. So yeah, I'm kind of wondering myself because I have seen it come on with, you know, with stress. It just makes me wonder if there is a connection there. I have made more like more connections in the in the on the on the you know physical sense where I, I realize that it has a lot to do with my digestion. When my digestion is off, then that's when this this pain also starts. So there is some sort of gut, brain, nervous system connection at play here. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much for talking about this because it's it's a sensitive area and not many people are willing to talk about it. And yet there's so many women out there who are suffering. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So so thank you, uh, first of all. But yeah, let's well, let's dive into that then, because it it's an unusual pain. It's hidden, isn't it? Yes, it's like a hidden pain. I, I often think anything sort of 
vaginal or you know it's um genital region it's like it's hidden away yeah and it's a suffering silence i sort of think of and in terms of that feminine line but let's unpick it a little bit more so it's just very interesting that it came on after you moved and this was five years ago Mm -hmm. yeah but you hadn't had anything like this before not at all so leading up to the move then, uh, I'm guessing the move was stressful. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> can you talk about that a bit more? Is it, you know, you know, the lead up to the move and what you can remember about that time? So my daughter was about um, one and a half years old at that time. So we moved to this new city and we uh, looked around and we found this, you know, oldish house. 30 years old and we decided that we wanted to take on the the challenge of renovating it and you know moving in and so we went through a huge process of renovation two months prior to moving in my father had come to visit he helped us a lot because you know he's kind of in the industry so he helped us with some of that planning and uh, you know working with contractors and all of that so, yeah, the house had undergone a huge change. We had, like, um, we painted the house, we changed the floors, we renovated the kitchen. And so that was also something that, um, you know, always bothered me. Like, is it something in the renovation process? Is it the materials? Is it the, you know, the indoor pollution that that can cause that might have triggered this? Right. And it's possible. Um but I have no way of, you know, pinpointing and saying that. Yeah, I mean, it's possible, of course, but I'm just, you know, I think it's just really interesting to look at what other emotions were coming up for you at the time. Um, and and what's, so was that period a, um, a more stressful time than most of your life, would it be fair to say? I just think, yeah, the first year of parenting, was definitely hard for us and also moving to a new city and a few months after we moved to the city my husband unfortunately he um he was let go from his job and I was kind of um dealing with this whole remote working situation my daughter was going to a daycare because we didn't have you know a nanny or a home daycare setup that we had in the previous city so she was coming home sick a lot and I was dealing with that sickness day in and day out and then, yeah, to add to all of this, we decided to, to to buy a home at the time, and that that was a huge stress in itself. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely a, a, a very stressful time, but um, was it the most stressful time? I can't say that for sure. No. How do you think you cope with stress? Or maybe a better question is, what do you think your coping mechanisms are? To cope with stress, well, I sometimes like to journal. I'm also very spiritual, so I I, I turn to um, prayer and meditation a lot. Mm-hmm. If possible, I like to talk about things with my mother and my friend. But yeah, those are some of the things I do if I'm really stressed about something. Okay. And anything that happens in your body when you're stressed? I mean, obviously, we've talked about the vulvodynia, but is there any other like normal things that come up for you when you feel stressed or tightness or tension? Yeah, I think it's like a knot. Yeah, it's like a it's like a knot in my stomach, and sometimes like a tightening of the chest. Yeah, like a constriction. Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. And those feelings that you get in your body when you're stressed like that, that you just mentioned, are those familiar feelings? Are they really familiar? Do they go back a long way? Yeah, I think so. Those are familiar. That's one of the one of the ways in which I feel it in my body. Yeah. And when you think about those feelings and you think about maybe how long those those feelings um, have been coming up for you, is there any early memories that you can think of where you were stressed and you felt that constriction in your body? Well, as a kid, I mean, if I messed up in some way, like if I, you know, spilled a drink or I wrote on the walls or something and I knew I was going to get into trouble, then I remember <laughs> feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm just trying to sort of, I'm just trying to establish st- establish a link between, you know, the, your body's, um, your body tightening. And this might seem like a, like, sort of an unrelated, I don't know, um, question, but how well were you heard, do you think, as a child? Have you ever had any issues with, like, uh, feeling heard or feeling seen or, or, or actually speaking your stresses and worries? That's an interesting question. I grew up with um, a brother who had special needs. He has um, cerebral palsy. And so a lot of my mother's attention went towards helping him. So um, there were times when maybe I felt like I wasn't getting as much attention from her. And my father was busy with you know, building his business or whatever. So there were times back then when I felt like, you know, I wasn't getting enough attention from either of them for me to be able to go and really express um, my stresses of the day, I needed, you know, not cursory attention. I needed them to be sitting down and talking to me. And I don't think I unfortunately got much of that. Yeah. Okay. And that makes sense. And there's a sort of independence that you have to embrace, don't you, as, an, as, a, as a sibling of, of someone with special needs? Yeah. Yeah. Independence is like, I don't know, my number one defining trait I think like all my life I've just (laughs) felt like I need to be independent like figure it out make it on my own yeah and that's a big one that's that's one of your you know that's a a coping mechanism yeah so if we go back to when this vulvodynia first started yeah I'm wondering whether um for you there was there was enough space for you to express what was happening or whether it's more of a case of I've just got to get on with it here? I think as far as I can remember, I was on board with getting this house because it seemed to meet all of our needs at the time. But in just planning the house, you know, I've always been very like sort of um, health conscious. And at that time I was was discovering a lot of things on, you know, the right kind of lighting to use, the right kind of materials to use for the house. And I knew that my dad and my husband wouldn't be on board with all of that because it's more, the more eco-friendly you want to make your house, the more expensive it gets. So yeah, in those aspects, I know that uh, I did my best to have my voice heard, but did I get my way with everything? No, I don't think so. Yes. The reason I'm asking you is because there's often a connection between um, the, like the bottom of your torso and the top of your torso. 
So we're talking um, about the root chakra and the throat chakra. Uh, well, maybe the sacral chakra. I, I, I think of those bottom two, those those bottom two areas, because there's a whole sort of mirror going on. They're like portals. Oh, you know, I suppose if you think of if you think of your sexual energy and you think of that as being a, a place of creation, and you think of your throat and your voice as being part of um, an ability to express what's inside of you. You know, to allow what's um, what's inside out. Wow, there's this re- there's this reflection, and I've seen this I've seen this quite a lot as well in with um, coccydnia. You know, so at the bottom, the coccyx at the bottom of the spine as well, being reflected at the top of the spine. So I'm thinking around uh, the idea that the um, vulval pain is almost mirrored in in your voice and your you know there's an expression isn't there there's expression and creativity at, at both at both ends does that make does that make sense to you i think so I, I think i definitely feel deeply about a lot of things and i can't express all of it because it's it's overwhelming for the people around me and um, so i have to hold it back Yes, you've you've learned to to hold in. What does that feel like for you? I feel there's a lot of truth in it, um, but I don't know how to quite embrace that. I don't know how to. Um, knowing it doesn't seem to to be enough to to open it up. Yeah. No. And it may not it may not be related or it may be related. Um either way, it's just something to reflect on. I mean the other the other aspect of Volvodinia is is sex, basically, and your sexual relationship. And I'm I'm also wondering if you're comfortable to go there, um how you felt at that particular stressful time about your sexual relationship and your just your sexuality in general because when you're a mother it's often it's often one of those things that is you know it's really at the bottom of the pile isn't it yes yeah yeah at that time i think um i i definitely don't think that was the top of my mind like um i was still I was breastfeeding my child around that time, even though she was like fourteen or fifteen months. And uh, I was advised by many members of my family to to discontinue. So I, I kind of had to agree to that, even though I don't think my child or I were completely ready. So there was that. But um, in terms of us being able to have sex i don't particularly remember any any um issues there okay but but just going back to the going back to that other the thing that you just said where you were advised to stop breastfeeding your child and you weren't quite ready to yeah that's quite big actually other people interfering with your own intuition yeah yeah it was hard but um thankfully she took 
the milk, you know, regular cow's milk. So I kind of moved on after that. But uh, yeah, a lot of things were difficult at the time because she was also going to daycare and she was bringing home all these bugs. And, you know, I wanted to be able to give her that immunity and that comfort. And uh, yeah, I couldn't do that. Okay. Why do you think you were advised not to breastfeed at that time? I think, um, you know, I don't know, I guess it's an Indian cultural thing. They feel like after a certain age, um, the child isn't getting much nutrition from a mother's milk. And so she's better off drinking cow's milk. And they also felt like she was being too clingy to me. Um, so they felt like uh, they needed to cut that short, I guess. I mean, But how did you feel about that? I think I was upset about it at the time, but I don't think it was like devastating. I was like, okay, I've been able to do it for like 14 or 15 months. I didn't think I would last this long, but. Um, <laughs> Which is amazing. The thing that comes to my mind is what would you say to your daughter if she was in that situation and she was breastfeeding her baby and it was like 18 months on? What would you say to her? What encourage her to do? I think I would tell her to listen to her intuition. Yeah. How do you get your voice out there? How do you, or don't you, you know, how, how do you express what you believe? You know, you've got the, the eco thing, you're conscious of health, you're conscious of your intuition, you've got that spiritual side to you that is, is and you're following that inner guidance but it comes up against something on the outside and culture other members of the family and you know a pressure from outside I'm, i don't know i'm just asking you whether whether you know did you work in an area where you can influence and talk to people or are you um currently i don't i, I work as an engineer but i did do um, a course in health coaching and I really enjoyed that and, you know, just helping people make better choices. And I wrote a blog in which it was just not um, limited to health. It was all, it was limited to all kinds of things, like even like my views on parenting and all of that. And I really enjoyed that. That was a, that was a great outlet for me. Yeah. But there's no money in any of that. So, and I had my son and I just didn't have the time. So I, I kind of pushed it to the side. But yeah, that was like a creative outlet. It was, it was allowed me to um, voice my feelings. And yeah, that was a great way for me to express myself. Okay. And I just want, I just want to bring your awareness to the fact that that's also a limited belief that there's no money in that because people do do really well in their writing and their creativity and their blogging and their social media in, in talking about their views and educating people as well and helping them. Yeah. So it's like tapping into what you're passionate about. Yeah, so what are you passionate about if your external world was like as open as it possibly could be? You know, what would you choose to do? Or what would you like to learn or what would you like to develop? Just um, 
like leading a more intentional life and you know leading a more a wholesome life i feel like i don't know so many things about how our society is set up is not conducive for mothers for children if i could you know if i could create something better for that that would be amazing because that's the stage of life i'm in right now you know making better choices in terms of food and how we organize our homes and our schools yeah yeah i sense that in you is is even more passion that it, than than is coming out now you know i sense that there's something inside of you like a fire yeah that could be stronger but you've learned not to, to you've learned to keep it in yeah for sure were there times in your life and maybe in your early life when you were more fiery and you'd express yourself in a you know in a big way i see pictures of myself before the age of 4 and i almost feel like that's a different that's a different person because yeah. my brother was part at age 4 i think that really changed my world right okay it's okay to say that as well yeah just stay with us for a moment because you got lost then yeah this is sort of an aside but i've spoken to people who've had somebody with special needs in the family and you know it's it's almost like it is a thing on its own you know like the the siblings of somebody with special needs because they often feel like you're feeling like there's no there was no there was no room for you there was no room for you to become anything apart from like a helper yeah it, it's it's a pressure and i just want you to acknowledge it really for yourself mm-hmm. because that little girl before you were four that you've seen the photos of she's still there she's still there but you have learned to be a smaller version of you. Yeah. There's a lot of sadness there. I just like to do a little exercise with you just for a moment. Close your eyes. Think of that 4-year-old that you were. Imagine her. See that picture of her. Like she is somewhere in your body. She lives somewhere. So If you were to imagine where she lives in your body, where do you think she is? She lives in my heart. Right. So she lives in your heart. Lovely. And what's the impression you get from her? Does she, does she feel constrained or constricted or does she feel like she's moving and big? I mean, what do what? I don't know. Is she sad? Is she happy? What's your picture of her? I feel like she's waiting. She's waiting. Right. Okay, so she's waiting. she's been waiting for you ever since probably she was four she probably doesn't even know how old you are so i just would like to invite you to practice connecting with her she's got so much wisdom and so much energy and so much fire in her she's the voice inside of you that it, that has been shut down you know yeah so whenever you can and whenever you get a moment even when you lie down at night you know it's just like just talk to her and just allow her energy over time to grow within you 
because she's got lots of strength. She's she isn't the one that had to had to bring her, you know, hold herself inwards, you know, for the sake of other people. She probably didn't care. And really connect with that energy inside of you. This has got something to do with being able to to access your creativity and your your voice. Yeah. I'll try that for sure. Yeah. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling hopeful. <laughs> does it does it make sense to you that your vulvodynia is like a, a almost like a symbol of you of you um holding yourself in? I think so. It might take a bit of um work there, but it's almost like I just keep thinking of these gateways, you know, um, and and it it feels like there's this squeezing. And vulvodynia basically is that is that pain right in your vulva, but it's it's um, it's reflecting the pain here. Yeah, that's what it that's what it feels like, and it feels like it's more acceptable for you to have a pain in a hidden place than to be able to start saying i've got a i've got a voice and i need to speak yeah that makes sense yeah i can yeah like you said turn to that inner child to find the courage to open this up yeah and and to understand the extent of the compression it, it's like really acknowledge it because our our childhoods were just what we experienced as normal you know, so we don't we don't think about them as as being you know in inverted commas like traumatic or difficult. We just think, well, that's what happened. But when you put your own children in the in your place, when you think of your own children being constricted or um, being heard in that way, it, you start to see it differently. You, you start to see the trauma it, it and the truth of it. Yeah, what I went through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't get what I'm giving my daughter. Yes. Exactly. From from a bigger perspective, from a from a much wider and larger perspective, your experience in your childhood is also allowing you to be a better mother. That's true. It's made you much more aware of, you know, your intuition and that and, and the importance of being heard and Yeah. And all those things that are really important, parenting, you know, how you talk to your children, how you bring them up, how you feed them. It's all really important, isn't it? Yeah, I realize how unconscious most parents are. So true. So there's always room for another voice in that conscious parenting sort of movement. There's always room for another person to come in with help, to help and guide others. Yeah. And their story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like you've got a better understanding? Or Yeah, I kind of had like ideas of it, but this kind of brought it all together. It makes sense now. Yeah. Thank you so much for this conversation. And, you know, I think it might help a lot of people. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, you'll find a lot more content on my Instagram account at thehealingpoint.underscore 
If you have a question you'd like to explore and are willing to take part in the podcast, you'll find all the information you need on my website, which is www.tracystevens.org slash podcast. Thanks and see you soon.